and what's going on guys alex here and right now i'd like to discuss with you a little bit of topics about startups business investing work at the icu time management and something more but today the difference is we have a guest yes it's me hello you see my name in the title so max uh today's topics are mostly about business and um, i i have chosen this because i know that uh, you were planning on uh, starting business somewhere in the future not in the nearest one obviously because uh, it's hard to exist as a student as it is so not talking about business but uh, but business i heard that you would like to start it and uh, when you have told me that i have thought that that's a very very dumb idea but uh, the further we have got i have understood that that's pretty much a very good idea to be honest and uh, and that's why my question to you is why would you decide that you would like to start the business uh, i would like to start my explanation by explaining something to the listeners uh the thing is that uh, we pretty much uh, were set on discussing this topic uh, with uh, alex personally for some time now and I see that he decided to bring this topic up in a podcast. And uh, I guess it's uh, just uh, because we've been trying to discuss this topic for months now. And uh, I think he found a great solution to put uh, us both on the spot and uh, forced us both to discuss it. So, yeah, uh, basically, I think it's not a secret for anyone that uh, there's really three types of uh, income you can get, maybe four, uh, three types of uh, incomes. Um, I'm talking about sources of income. Obviously, it's a, a recruitment job. It's where you're getting recruited. It's where you're uh, being paid to do a certain job uh, and you work for your employer. Uh, the second type is business. Yes, so you are the employer. And uh, the third one is when you are working not as a company, not as an employer, but uh, you are self-employed. You just do whatever you do the best, basically. Fourth one is obviously you don't work at all. You just live off of a chance. <laughs> no, not, uh, not a chance always, but uh, by grants maybe by some scholarships like if you're a student if you're not then uh, yeah uh, but sucks to be you if you don't have any source of income but yeah <laughs> and uh, obviously um, we both are aspiring to become doctors and uh, this is great and all but i think uh, both of us at uh, this stage in our lives uh, don't really expect much of this job like um, it's a hard earned uh, profession for sure <laughs> like <laughs> uh, more than 10 years yes like it's it's it's, it's hard uh, but uh, is, uh, after these 10 years you just get um, an honorary duty to care for elderly and sickly and mostly elderly and sickly at the same time 
and uh, it's it's not bad, obviously. But um, you want to see life, you want to try something new, at least in my case, and, um, see uh, what there else is to do. And obviously, we can get we can't get another education. Like it would be just. I mean, it's impossible, basically, to get a quality education while being a doctor. So we gotta choose. We gotta cut our losses and um, maybe try to do something that is not as time-consuming as getting another education to see the life from different sides. And in my opinion, business is a great thing because you are doing something uh, maybe not as radically new as, uh, I don't know, working in medical field because there are things you can do inside of medicine besides being a doctor. But, um, but yeah, I think at least it takes a bit less time. A bit, not, not, not much, but I think it takes um, at least not... I don't know, eight to ten years yet to become a great professional in a certain field. Uh, to really get the grasp to feel and feel for profession. So yeah, uh, in my case, uh, this is the case. Like, I just don't want to uh, work in... Nine don't, to five? Yes, uh, obviously, obviously. What? Nine to five? Um... Obviously, it's not something we're expected to do as doctors and uh, future doctors and uh, uh, being a doctors. Um, like, I don't know if any doctor or aspiring physician is working nine to five. I don't think it's it's a luxury we can afford. No, I was uh, more of a speaking. I don't want to work uh, low wage jobs. Uh, before becoming a doctor yes you know to see to get the feel like uh, all i get the feel for is um, uh, i don't know uh, making burgers at mcdonald's or something like that <laughs> it's a feeling to uh, to live through and um, yes so this is the reason i think we should at least uh try to start something, you know, to to try to set up a chain of supply for I don't know, even even a small shop, that's already a big step towards something uh, more unique, towards new experiences because it's uh, for sure uh, is uh, different from flipping burgers in McDonald's for sure. <laughs> At least uh, from what I've seen, from what I've read, from what I heard. And um, so at this stage, I would love to hear your opinion on this. Like, uh, why do you want to uh, quit your job? And uh, before becoming a physician, and maybe while being a physician, uh, you want to do something on the side? try to develop a business why, why would you do that as you know i have tried uh, already myself in some type of business such as freelance like uh, it was year 2017 uh, long ago before COVID, and i decided that that would be a pretty great idea 
uh, to start uh, some side hustle, such as freelance, like freelance translator and so on. And uh, essentially, I pretty much loved it. I, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I enjoyed uh, uh, that uh, I was responsible only for myself, that I needed to do only the thing that I find useful, and that's why I really loved it. <laughs> but uh, but after, the thing was that I have tried myself in such type of business as uh, YouTube. Um, as you know, uh, I have a YouTube channel, and not only one, but uh, several. <laughs> uh, one of which is uh, a channel with the, with the all of them I watch and follow I really enjoy them <laughs> one of which is this uh, channel with the podcast video version of which you will see on YouTube so feel free to follow me there anyway uh, the thing is that I have tried myself and I really enjoyed what I was doing that I, I was not responsible to someone who was already uh, in this type of business before me I wasn't responsible for uh, for what I was doing, and so so I wasn't uh, responsible to some to someone, so uh, no one controlled me. I I was the only one person who was controlling myself, and uh, I really enjoyed what I was doing. And the main idea was that I was uh, enjoying what I was doing. The same also can be applied to, for example, the work at the ICU, where I'm working as a medical assistant. Um, I enjoy what I what I'm doing there, both in most cases, and that's why I continue to do that. And, uh, and the same also goes to business, so I suppose that uh, if I will uh, if I will still be competent enough to start a business, I will start a business because uh, I hope that I will enjoy it. But anyway, the, the question is, do, uh, do you find that we are skilled enough to start a business? Because there are like uh, a bachelor and master's degrees for business and... Uh, and still you're, you you want to try do you, do you think uh, it's possible for us to be to, to start a prospective business um i have a question for you before i answer this one uh, what do you think is the most suitable education uh for people without a lot of money to do or start a business like or to run a business uh, what is uh, the most suitable education in your opinion i suppose that uh, the best type of education for for this type of people uh, will be anyone uh, any any type of education like marketing languages it doesn't matter because uh, if we're talking about business with like um, zero capital at uh, at, uh, at the start then uh, i mean no no business starts with zero capital it's uh, self-employed at this point it's it's different i think i think business requires you not just uh, minimal investments uh you know just to uh, start this uh, business um, legally but i mean uh, some actual investments in place or maybe equipment you know so so yeah, I think no, no, you can't you can't start a business with zero investments. Okay, so, so it's then, I'm not I'm not yeah yeah. So then I suppose that uh, the perfect will be some type of financial marketing education. Do you think uh, that medical field is the best way? 
I mean, I would love to. I would love for it to be true because, uh, I mean, I would have started a business a long time ago if it were the case. Not because we are so uh, eager to do it ourselves, but because we would see we would see uh, a lot of um, older uh, classmates uh, that already are doing uh, business and we would just join, you know, and uh, find the firsthand experience how they did it. But uh, obviously not. Obviously, that's not the case. Um, so from what? Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to be talking about Latvia. Uh, I mean, obviously, maybe it's relatable for any European country. But uh, so here in Latvia, uh, from my experience, you need at least mm, three, three um, types of, uh, let's say, uh, three types of people to help you with your business, whether you pay them, whether they're the part of your team, whether, I don't know, whether they're just uh, volunteering to help, you need at least three types of people. First one, uh, it's the most obvious, it's uh, economic help. Like, uh, you cannot start any business without somebody who understands economics, who understands how to calculate uh, with formulas your income, how to account taxes, how to pay um, the bills, you know, like, uh, so you need that expertise in your team if you want to start a business. I mean, primary. Uh, secondary, I don't think um, this one is as important as the first one, but still you got to need some advice, some legal advice, so lawyer or an advocate, you know, um, oh, I mean, uh, just lawyer, sorry. Yeah, uh, or uh, just a lawyer, because uh, you need someone to explain to you how to do anything inside of your country, inside of Latvia. And um, it's just that if you want to do anything, it really, you got to consult a lawyer first, like, because it's so easy to get um, to get lost with all of this, uh, especially if you're not reading lots and lots of books regarding this topic. So, and I mean, uh, any successful businessman for sure is not reading as much uh, in the topic he's doing business because he's doing everything. He doesn't have time to read about it. He has to do it. Um, and uh, the third type is somebody with a technical skill. Uh, it's that uh, these people, you need people that will do a lot in your business you know, on a day-to-day -day business, on a day-to-day -day, um, basis, like uh, changing a light bulb, even that's that still takes some time and expertise. I understand that uh, maybe it sounds kind of uh, stupid, but uh, trust me, not everyone is confident to change a freaking light bulb. And uh, God forbid your light bulbs are behind some, you know, plastic material that covers uh, the, the light bulb itself. And so you need a screwdriver, a screwdriver to open that thing up. Uh, then uh, like 70% of people will fail and won't change the light bulb. 
Uh, so, like, yeah, you need some technical expertise. And uh, I understand that uh, changing a light bulb doesn't take an engineer, but I think engineering uh, in general, if you are self-employed, uh, I mean, if you're doing your business on your own, is the best education to have because you're going to do a lot of things inside of your business by yourself anyway. And so why not have an education that is uh, like linked to that? Because if you're going to set up uh, electricity in your business, why should you call some people from site, call up some other companies when you can do it on your own? At least uh, the simple stuff. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, wiring everything in your uh, location. I'm talking about simple stuff. And uh, like, it's going to cost you a lot of money, like easily hundreds of euros. So why not save on that and uh, do it on your own? even changing a light bulb light bulb like um, yeah and so in my opinion engineering is probably the best if we're talking about educated people doing anything uh if you're do doing some small time business obviously obviously we're not talking about uh, big tech companies then uh, obviously you need a lot more than that but in my opinion engineering is the best because you understand how to do everything you're really materialistic and so you have a feel for everything and um, yeah uh, this is this is mostly the reason why i view it uh, do you agree with me in i would say that yes because you know if we're talking about some small businesses, then of course we need lawyers, obviously because uh, we won't be able to start even the business without a lawyer. Then of course uh, we we have a real big need in someone who understands economics and how to how to improve the money that we have and how to evolve our business into something from something like a startup to something like more like business uh, or a company then uh, but of course if we're talking about engineering i would say that yes we need we need such type of people and that uh, such type of people are mostly the most competent ones in the business because they know how to do lots of stuff and uh, at the same time these people know how to uh, who to ask for help because uh, i know uh, a couple of engineers but these people are very competent very very competent if we're talking about uh, about them finding someone who would do some job for them and uh, and they are they are incredibly competent because uh, essentially that's their job to find uh, someone who will do the job better than them and that's why i can agree but what about medical field? We are describing medicine right now. What about medical field? Do you suppose that uh, that medical people are not competent enough? Uh, as as you've just said, uh, part of business is to look for people that will do the job better, or some task better than you will do, and um, medicine is all about that like uh, oh sorry i don't know how to treat your tumor i will send you off to some specialist like like it's it's all about specialization and understanding where your field 
begins and starts. And so medicine in that aspect is pretty good. Uh, obviously, we can't speak um, about any technical skill you get from medicine because all the technical skills are not even closely related to business. Like, yeah, I mean, in Latvia, you get some business skills on your first uh, semester or maybe second as well. Uh, in medical school, but <laughs> let's not talk about that. And um, I think uh, being in our position, I think it's totally possible. I know it's been done, like I've seen, I've not seen, I've heard and read about a couple of people. Uh, their business models were kind of simplistic, but I mean, we're not looking for anything really, really tough really challenging like we have uh, enough challenges in our daily lives as of is and uh, yeah um, what would you say about um, actually starting a business like do you know anything about it like have you read or are you just uh, going off of what's your guess maybe uh, like you're just guessing how to do that. Have you read anything? Have you heard about it? It's something in the middle, to be honest, because I have read something and uh, also I'm guessing a lot because I don't, I haven't read it enough in order to be competent in this sphere, because otherwise I will be uh, already some type of consultant about starting a business. Uh, but, uh, but the idea is that, um, first of all, you need uh, money, obviously, you need money, you need an idea, and after that you need to register yourself as a company, small, type of co small company, self-employed, uh, some type of freelancers, and so on. And as soon as you have uh, registered yourself, then uh, the, the thing that you need to do is to start actually the business, because formally you are already existing, so you need to exist uh, practically, so you need some type of office, you need some type of website, you need some media presence, and so on and so on and so on. So, so the goods uh, that you are actually selling, and uh, essentially that's pretty much it. It's very, very so short list, because uh, uh, in, in reality this list is uh, much, much longer, and uh, has much more points, and much more like uh, hidden commas, but uh, the idea is that uh, first of all you register yourself for the country, and after that you register yourself uh, in the as a, in the media field. Just uh, register your media presence. So, but what do you mean about uh, media presence? What do you mean about that? Talking about media presence, I suppose that uh, that's already obvious for a lot of people right now that. Uh, business doesn't exist if people don't know about it and uh, we don't live uh, right now in these times when uh, the only way to to add your business to uh, to share your business and uh, to to make your business prosper was uh, uh, clients telling other clients that your business actually works right now the yeah. thing is that uh, every single business needs a media presence and that if business d doesn't exist uh, in the media field, then uh, actually it's it's more 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 or less dead. So that's uh, that's actually what I think about it. But uh, the thing is that media presence is one of the most important things, and that's why we have uh, such type of specialties as PR and so on and so on. 
But anyway, the question for you, if we are going to start a business, which one do you think will be the best to start with? Which type of business? So yeah. food shopping, own for your own yeah. business? Like, um, I know, I don't know. I, I have never did it, obviously. But uh, what I know and what I try to believe as being the ultimate truth is that uh, logistics is the best business in terms of um, developing. Like, it, it requires the least, yet grows the most, from what I've heard. And uh, I feel like that's true, because, like, even, even if you think about it, like, all you need is a pair of legs to deliver uh, a pair of flowers. Like, not a, not a pair, but, uh, you know, flowers to anyone. Like, you just take the flowers and you deliver. You get paid. That's it. That's the easiest kind of business. Uh, like it requires practically nothing. Like all you need is a company logo and maybe some history to your name. Not even really, because do you even care about who is delivering your, um, I don't know, like uh, your chocolate, let's say, or uh, those same flowers. I don't think anyone really cares. So this is what I try to believe. Uh, secondly, like um, talking about something else, uh, obviously there are options and I would say they're quite viable. Like uh, obviously opening some type of uh, some type of grocery shop or maybe just any kind of uh, shop. Um, but the thing is, obviously, uh, being the millennial, being uh, the growing uh, mind that I am, uh, I would love to do something, you know, unique. Not just uh, same old grocery sh shop and same old uh, uh, cafeteria, like something like that. Obviously, that's not... It's not something interesting. Yeah, you want to do something unique. You want to do a zero waste shop. You want to do um, the bookshop that sells something, some unique books. And uh, to be honest, in the recent couple of months to years, I saw uh, these kinds of shops really opening all around uh, our city, which is good. That means there is clientele for this. Um, at the same time, that means uh, the window of opportunity is closing down because once the market um, is um, fulfilled, no, not fulfilled, uh, you know, nourished, like okay. uh, fully, fully closed, fully saturated. No, uh, then uh, you just if you open any type of shop, maybe you get a couple of clients, but it's it's not enough, you know. So yeah, once the market is saturated enough with uh, the supply and demand, you know, then yeah, there's no point in opening uh, more supply. Like it won't do any good for you and your uh, and your uh, opponents. <laughs> Yes. Um, so, 
this is my idea logistics and maybe some shop because really it's uh, it's those things that i think uh, are really possible because trying to do some online business it's 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 weird mm. i think it's definitely possible you know to start some online shop that sells some electronics because but i've seen these kinds of ideas all over and over again and they mostly fail but i mean at the same time every type of business mostly fails like if you're trying to start a business like 90 percent it will fail because because this is the survival rate you can't do anything about it so you gotta be more creative you gotta find uh, the demand where there is no supply for it, obviously. And so, any type of online shopping, any type of electronic shops, it's it. I mean, it's so it's so boring for people. Like people can buy any type of electronics with any kind of discount now. Like you don't need to be another one. You know, and same goes for uh, maybe this general, this um, cafeteria type of um, fast food, you know, where you're selling same old sushi, where you're selling same old um, fried food, like chicken wings and onion rings and like it's same old stuff, at least in Latvia, obviously in some other places, it's not like that, but meh. Uh, in my opinion, um, do you have any ideas about that? Absolutely, and my ideas about that, I uh, mostly agree with you that uh, if you're opening the business, the main idea for you is to make it creative. To make it work, in order to make it work, you need to make it creative and you need to make people know about your business and uh, love your business, as uh, not as uh, the sphere in which you, you are working, uh, for example, like uh, the, the same cafeteria, people, these people should not live, uh, should not only love coffee, they should love especially your coffee. So, and you should make it creative. You should make like the, their presence uh, in your coffee shop, like uh, very pleasant. You should make some type uh, or some type of thing, like you own your thing. And that's the only way that uh, these businesses you know, are gonna work. But uh, I personally find that uh, I have researched a little bit, and especially if we're talking about some type of fast food or coffee shops or like street food. Uh, in Europe, where we are located right now, it's a very, very unsaturated field. Because in Europe, uh, there are, if, if of course we're not talking about Ukraine, uh, there are lots of, lots of, lots of street food, but all of the street food are mostly kebabs, are mostly sushi, and that's pretty much it. And uh, and all of them are just like any some type of sushi, some type of kebab, and there is nothing special about them. They don't offer something like oh okay, they may they may offer like uh, Uber Eats or boat food or Volt, uh, and that's that's it. There is nothing special, and that's why in Europe uh, there is a, a very big window of possibility to to open something special only for for example for Latvia because in Latvia we have some type of street food of course uh, fast food as well but street food especially so that's why I find that 
There is also a window of opportunity still in Europe if we're talking about food, but the food is, is wholly another business because uh, it will be a very, very big happiness for, uh, for us if we are going to open something street food related and if we are going to go to zero in the one year or two years because, uh, the <laughs> because we should pay a lot. We, we are going to pay a lot for, for supply chain, we are going to pay a lot for anything and that's why food is not an option for me personally as a first business like second third okay but not the first one so uh, that's why also i suppose that logistics of course but also i suppose that the first business in my personal opinion should be something online related because offline okay it's a very good idea but uh, it requires you to have uh, lots of resources and, and because uh, we're, we don't have enough experience, we need to do something more online, uh, more online, so we don't have to waste a lot of money into nowhere so and waiting nothing in return, because obviously our first business will be waiting nothing in return. Do you think otherwise? I mean, to really... <laughs> You know, to create a platform online is as difficult as it is to open a platform offline. Like creating a shop that is visited by a couple of people is, in my opinion, as difficult as uh, to make people actually visit your online uh, website at least a couple of times a day. <laughs> I think uh, online is actually maybe more difficult because it's not physical. You ac actually have to spread not just information about yourself, not just uh, maybe, you know, uh, putting some ads on YouTube videos about and telling, oh yeah, we exist. No, you have to actually spread links to your website. In my opinion, that's actually maybe more difficult. Because spreading a link in 2020 is not an easy task because, uh, at least I know, I never open links. I, I avoid opening links because I know just how dangerous it is. <laughs> and um, I think many people just uh, don't, don't even take a look at uh, links these days. They just see if they recognize something maybe they visit, visit but if they don't they just skip it altogether and uh, with offline you have a benefit of being a physical place and you know by goers have a chance of entering it and if you actually are serving or doing something really unique and uh, it's pleasant to just be there i mean uh, he will most likely will come back once in i don't know in half a year time like, um, or do you think that online presence is actually easier to build? Because I don't see that being the case. I suppose that right now, if we're talking about opening business, uh, the COVID has shown us that online presence uh, is very, very important, and that uh, the businesses existed, uh, which uh, the businesses which mostly had uh, some type of uh, media presence and, and some type of online presence who were offering their resources online, uh, they, they still exist. Because businesses who were offline only, they, they stopped existing only because of the COVID. 
and uh, who knows what will happen next. And online, as we know already, is something that uh, exists uh, independent of uh, very, very lots of factors. Because uh, offline business, of course, it works, but uh, still, it has very, very much downsides, the same as the COVID has shown. But anyway, the question is, business in medical field. Do you, do you see yourself in a medical field as a businessman? My dream is to build a logistics company that specializes in uh, delivering medical goods. And this is why in Euro Truck Simulator, I always specialize in uh, medical stuff delivering. Like I invest in special crates. And uh, yeah, um, I think this is my dream of actually doing that. Um, I don't know. I just I just like uh, how it looks. Like it sounds and is so cool. Like you own a business that is a logistical business that is delivering medical supplies, and these medical supplies are vaccines, are some special, um, you know, medical instruments. Like I, I don't know. I just I just love love everything that is related to medicine, and. Uh, this kind of business sounds like uh, also it's kind of tidy what i like about it it's clean like it's it's not some you know your run-of-the-mill logistics company that delivers a lot of i don't know bread even or i mean no bread bread is kind of clean uh some i don't know like a construction um supply like where where it looks dirty N not because um because the supplier wants to for it to be dirty it's just the nature of the supply it's just dirty like it just makes a mess and um everything medical it it should not do that it's clean it's tidy it's uh, neat looking uh, and uh, this is what i like so okay i see that uh, you want sterility uh, even in business but the question right now is uh for you, of course, and for me, and for me as well, because uh, obviously I'm asking myself a lot here. Uh, we have been working at the hospital for uh, more than six months already. Um, essentially, that was in the February. It was uh, precisely six months as we are working as medical assistant and nurse assistant in the cardiac ICU. And uh, I wanted to ask your experience from work. How do you see yourself there? Do you enjoy going there? Do you enjoy working or, or it's just uh, a work the same as McDonald's? Uh, have you explained what uh, you do specifically in the ICU? Mm, my personal job at ICU is uh, mostly as a nurse. So uh, I'm medical assistant, so I have a little bit less responsibility than uh, a usual nurse, but uh, Still, I do most of the job as a, as a simple nurse does, and uh, and what does nurse assistant is uh, actually helps the nurse and essentially does uh, all of the cleaning stuff, all of the tidying, um, all of the dust, all of the patient cleaning, and so on and so on. So have you have you ever explained what uh, this place ICU even is? Like, what separates it from a normal? Uh, medical place 
even i don't know like it's not a room certainly it's it's big uh, and uh, like this uh, what is icu if you can even explain it Intensive like what why Intensive. yes uh, so i uh, i can explain as i see it I see intensive care unit as uh, some uh, uh, unit for a ward and a hospital where you are working very intensively f uh, and you, where you are fighting for, for a patient's life and well-being. And uh, for me personally, so ICU is a very good place because uh, I love intensive job. I love uh, either when I'm not working at all at work, either or I am working like a lot, so very intensive work. So that's how it worked for what? me, and that's why I really enjoy working at the ICU. What kind of patients are there? It depends on the day. Uh, it can be either some patients uh, who were just picked up from the street, uh, or some type of patients who were, uh, like, uh, a minute ago at the cardiac uh, operation room. It depends on the day, it depends uh, on the ward, it depends uh, on the nurses which are right now present. Uh, it depends on a lot of factors. But uh, why why this place is even necessary? Like, why can't uh, these patients just go to a normal department? Why ICU? Because the intensive care unit uh, has uh, more nurses per patient. That's uh, the most important part of the ICU that uh, in, in intensive care unit you have uh, uh, at least one nurse per three patients, but in the usual ward you have something about like uh, one nurse per 20, 10 patients, uh, something like that. So essentially uh, the, the amount of attention which a nurse can, uh, can provide to the patient care is much less than the usual ward as it is in the ICU. Yes, but uh, why do these patients need so much attention? Like, are they special? Is it a department for rich people? Why? They are unstable. Their health is very unstable, so they require more more attention. They require uh, much harder treatment. They require uh, much harder attention from the doctor's perspective, or from the nurse's perspective, because. Uh, their health depends on also medications, and that's why it's a requirement for further health. It doesn't uh, it doesn't depend uh, on the, how much money do you have. It at least in Latvia. Uh, are they being treated with uh, just the stronger drugs, or um, maybe there's something else to it? They pretty like... much are treated with uh, with uh, anything that works. So it may be um, the same thing as uh, noradrenaline, fentanyl, propofol, and such strong drugs. And uh, and also it can be uh, something as simple as a usual uh, fluid. So essentially uh, physiological fluid uh, just uh, pouring down uh, intravenously. So that's the only, that's the only you know, not for difference, but it depends on the patient. It depends, and the, and the only difference is uh, be, between patients is how long some type of patients uh, uh, stay at the intensive care unit. Because we have seen, of course, we have seen uh, lots of patients who were either staying there for a very long period of time, or who um, who were just staying there for overnight, and that's uh, and that was it for them. So that's that's it. Do you see the ICU some type of otherwise? or how it is for you uh no i um 
I can't say I really differentiate from your description, like my description differentiates from yours. Um, I would say uh, that ICU indeed is a place uh, with uh, more care towards patients and not because uh, we don't care about others, but uh, because these ones, if they're left uh, on their own devices for a day, maybe, maybe even less, I don't think they can last because it's it's really critical. Or sometimes, not always, they're um, just presumed or uh, they're assumed to have a higher chance of developing a really critical condition. Obviously, there are patients in ICU that are way healthier than your regular run-of-the-mill uh, department and I don't know even endocrinology like obviously there are it's just that uh, these ones in ICU they have been uh, under uh, surgical treatment and uh, so obviously they're expected to have some complica complications like a couple of percents uh, that they will develop some complication obviously it doesn't mean that they will of complications but they might and uh, these in the endocrinology departments they might have uh, some diabetes some stds that are getting worsened by diabetes and so basically they're terminal because you can't cure diabetes and so you are not really going to cure some terminal stages of some stds uh Yes, so obviously, yes, ICU is critical to have, in my opinion. Uh, in my opinion, uh, it's it's really it's really not that um, not that important. What do you mean? I don't know. What do you mean by not that important? Because um, you know, like. It's obviously, you know, it's not uh, something that is uh, critical to uh, any medical facility. Like, you can do surgery without ICU easily. You can do, uh, like, a lot of treatment without ICU. You can cure patients. Uh, like, ICU is, um, is a privilege of uh, big hospitals uh, because ICU is so expensive because ICU is not providing as much care as uh, the results uh, are expected. Like, they're not doing so much that the results are outstanding. Like, they, they just do whatever they can, but the results are not, you know, not that noticeable. And uh, in my opinion, ICU is really a privilege and obviously clinics can run without them and really ICUs only develop once uh, we're talking about improvements in like really really uh, critical patients like those that are really uh, hard to treat and uh, really when we're talking about improving our surgical numbers that uh, survival rate and other stuff so in my opinion ICU is a great necessary place, but only for big clinics, obviously, because uh, they are so damn expensive and providing not as much um, 
outcome as you would have loved for these kinds of money and as you've said yes uh, instead of having a one nurse per 20 patients maybe uh, you're having one nurse per three patients and plus you have to pay that nurse more money so <laughs> like yes uh, your um, your um, expenditure is going through the roof with this so yeah in my opinion ICU is great but it's really privileged and so this is the reason why most of the people won't really understand what that is what it does and um, by starting to work there I really found out a lot like uh, basically all of what I've said that um, that I didn't know before starting this job in my opinion beforehand I see you was some place where magic happens no like uh, oh my god he's very sick we will do a lot of treatment to make him alive again <laughs> like no like all of the magic happens in the surgery ward and uh, I see you just observes basically and when something is needed they call for a specialist that comes sees the patient does whatever he needs that he could have done anywhere else and leaves like it's it's not it's certainly not a magic place and certainly a lot of medical centers can can get by without it uh, from what i see now but yeah before my perspective was different and uh, maybe i'm just so uneducated and uh, you will actually tell me that uh, this is not how you perceived icu beforehand and this is not how you perceive icu now so i would love to hear if i'm mistaken or maybe i have some truth on my side one more question for you do you find quick question do you find that working at the icu as a first job in the medical field is uh, a right place to go or it's just uh, an overkill when i see these poor souls that come to icu working a uh, first time in their lives uh being 20 19 years old i don't know i just <laughs> I feel so soul crushed because this is not how the real world is, how the other job, how the other jobs are. Uh, to most of them, I say leave. If you're doing this for experience, leave now, like right now. And uh, thanks God, some of them actually listen because uh, I had a boy who was first year a medical student uh his first semester he started a job there and um he was like oh nice new experience and I, i'm asking him like uh, did you work 24 hours he said no not yet uh, i asked uh, did he have a shift for 24 hours like uh, planned he said that yes in a week or something like that we started talking about is it necessary to uh, work in ICU, how much practice do you get, how much how much experience, real world medicine experience you get. I told him that, no, uh, please leave. If you are doing this for some experience, yeah, if you don't need money, 
run from, from, from here and maybe come back uh, when it's third or fourth year because before that it's it's no don't it's 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 just it's really not what you should experience in medical field or uh in any job working doing anything it's not what you should experience for sure for sure uh this is my so, answer uh, after all of you what you said do you see yourself for one more year in the icu uh for sure not as a nurse assistant because uh first of all i'm really sick and tired of doing what i'm doing um because my duties are to care for patients obviously uh, but beyond that to overlook uh, some um basic day-to-day -day, uh, necessities you know to bring some uh, gloves to watch uh, for the aprons yeah we use aprons in the icu uh, to watch for the aprons so they wouldn't run out uh, aprons are uh, single time use and um, you know uh, like uh, stuff like this plus uh, for the cleanliness of the icu and uh, trust me if you ever cleaned in your life no uh like you you never cleaned if you never cleaned in icu because you you just have to uh go around every corner you can't have any um debris dust obviously but uh, in that it's such places that you wouldn't even think to look for like for example behind uh the like um how do you call it uh this uh, red thing that you use uh, fire extinguishers yes uh behind fire extinguishers um and i mean even if there is no dust you still have to clean it just just for the freak of it and uh, basically the only thing that is not uh, constantly being cleaned in the icu is walls which is actually weird <laughs> because if we are so dead focused on eradicating every bit of dust and bacteria in the icu why aren't we not cleaning walls but i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe it's not necessary but yeah we just clean everything every object Plus, uh, the hardest thing about this work is to be subservient to five nurses, to doctors at the same time. And uh, I literally mean that because one nurse may ask you to bring something, one thing from the, um, from the table. Uh, and uh, then at the same time, the other nurse will ask you to go with her to the surgery board and then the doctor will tell you why is this patient uh i don't know is uh, lying at the 20 degree angle not 30 degree angle and you have to regulate that and that's all of these things are not complicated as they are but the thing is you're doing some your day-to-day -day duties and you have to do all of that at the same time because patients are critically ill and nobody's waiting <laughs> like just run <laughs> And uh, yeah, you can't run. Yes, in ICU you can't run. You can't uh, raise your voice, and not because people are resting. It's just that it's not really accepted. 
yes, you have to be really uh, silent and everyone, at least everyone is, I don't know, maybe it's not a rule, but everyone is really silent in the ICU where everything, uh, like the machines are screaming constantly uh, and everyone's silent, so you can't hear anyone. You have to, and uh, these masks also, they are getting in the way, so you can't hear anyone. You have to ask for them to repeat themselves and it's just constantly, I don't know, it's just stressing environment and the job of nurse assistant is really, really freaking uh, tiring. It's not hard, it's just tiring. And uh, the problem is that if it was for eight hours, it would be easy, truly easy. Like your nervous system can adapt to that. 12 hours, maybe 24 hours, no. No nervous system can adapt to working, just working 24 hours, not sleeping, maybe sleeping 3-4 hours, but it's maybe, maybe, big maybe. Uh, most of the time it's 2 hours. And um, above and beyond, everyone is constantly asking something of you. I never once, working for almost like 7-8 months, never once had a 20 minute window. Nobody was looking for me or ask me to do something like constantly somebody wants you to do something so yeah um it's 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 tiring it's tiring um and so i have a question is it the same for you because from what i see nurses are uh, and nurses uh, not nurse assistants but medical assistants uh they are not uh being constantly bombarded by other nurses at least maybe you're getting tired by something else or maybe it's a lot easier for you it mostly depends on the day and depends on the patients and uh, depends on the doctors because uh, for you the main pain in the ass is uh, uh, is uh, a nearby nurse but for us for, for nurses and for medical assistants uh, the main pain in the ass are doctors who uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry not not nearby nurse all the nurses they will come yeah and seek for you just if they don't have you like they can take something themselves they will especially walk further to ask uh, for you to do something like no 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 not nearby all all of them constantly at any time <laughs> okay so, so so all of the nurses but uh, but the thing is that it depends on the patients because uh, uh, for you, if the patient is unconscious and uh, isn't uh, doing anything, so and and you you don't need to ro to rotate them all of the time, so it's an ideal patient. But for nurses, it may be not an ideal patient because the, uh, the care, yeah, it may be really intensive. So you may uh, so you may you may find yourself like doing uh, like filling up the syringes every single hour. And not only one syringe, but lots of them. You have uh, lots of things to do. And also, if you if you decide that uh, right now you have something like ten minutes to sit down, and you decide that it's it's a very good idea to take out a phone, uh, no, it's not a good idea. If uh, if only if it's not a night, because uh, if you're sitting, you better be writing some papers because bureaucracy in ICU is still very very big. But the thing is that it, it's how it works. So you need to find yourself a job and uh, 
and and that's a problem <laughs> because sometimes uh, you have done almost anything but that almost you you always keep thinking about that almost because you don't know whether you have done every single thing that can be done <laughs> so that's the problem but um, it's much much easier than uh, being a nurse assistant because i have worked as a nurse assistant before when i was in my second year of medical school and uh, that was really tiring because uh, uh, of course it was uh, another ward it was another hospital but uh, it still was very tiring because i was having like two nurses and they were trying to to divide me and they have and i was having duties on both sides so with both nurses so i can only imagine how hard it is if you're working uh, as uh, only uh, one nurse assistant per five nurses or, or or even if you are two nurse assistants because uh, it, it may be really tiring but uh, it's easier to work as a medical assistant so question for you whether you will stay if you will be offered a position of a medical assistant yeah so i don't know this prospect uh, like if we're talking objectively uh is uh, really cloudy right now because um in medicine um turn it, it's so weird in latvia like you have a shortage of stuff everywhere you have so much more to do in medicine like you constantly need new colleagues you constantly need new uh new workers if you are an employer in medical field uh, but at the same time it, uh, it at times it's it feels so saturated but it's not but for some reason i mean it's money okay i'm trying to find the reason but now it's money like it's so expensive to have anyone in medical field and so to have an extra pair of hands you have to pay a lot of money and uh, obviously there there are budgets there are restrictions and uh, even though from what i've seen uh, even nurses have shortages from time to time even now and especially now because of covid uh it's still uh, we have a lot of medical assistants uh that are really uh we have a lot of medical assistants that are not yet accepted but they will be and there's a queue and it's 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 long from what i see like it's a couple of people and uh, i don't know and uh, the first um uh, time our um head nurse said that she will promote anyone will be around you and it's not even 100 percent that i can be promoted at that time because there are still couple of people that are waiting for their times for not longer it's just that they're um in the higher courses like their uh, fourth years five fifth years and so yeah i don't know we'll see uh, i hope that this will happen and yes then i will stay for at least another half a year because i want some experience before moving on but uh, this perspective is not really clear right now and uh, from what i've heard uh, some laboratories are paying like upwards of 14 13 euros to 
not uh, an hour, obviously, to non-experienced to not experienced um, medical assistants. Um, by not experienced, I mean they did not even finish clinical care basics, and those who are in Latvia understand how stupid <laughs> these people still are. They don't know anything at all yet. <laughs> And uh, yes, from what I've heard, this exists. And I think I should be looking <laughs> in that aspect as well. But um, it's wish wishful thinking at this point. But yes, I, I would stay because I would love to experience that. Obviously, I would love to try to do something actual, actually important in medical field after three years of studying it yeah i would love to do something actually but i mean life is hard life is life has a lot of su surprises for sure another question which has arisen for me personally is uh, is it possible to combine full-time studies and full-time work because right now we both are studying full-time but we are working only part-time we have so only half-time work and the question was whether is it possible because uh, right now uh, as far as far as i know uh, we have a, a lots of lots of uh, financial problems um, every single one of us uh, because of, of all of the latest situations so working full-time is it uh, is it, a, is, it is it possible from a mental part, is it possible from from physical parts? So physically, is it possible to work full time and after that study full time? For you personally. Um, you know what? Um, I think that we try to pity ourselves. Uh, way too much and um, if we didn't sleep for i don't know seven eight hours and i'm speaking generally obviously maybe some people are not sleeping seven to eight hours and pity themselves but i certainly do and i'm most certain you also do and uh, we pity ourselves in that aspect that oh no we slept only seven to eight hours not nine or ten and um we pity ourselves in that aspect that oh my god i studied for four hours so much i have a right to uh, i don't know go to party for another five hours because i have studied so much and uh, we pity ourselves that oh my god i worked today so it must be that i should have a rest day today because i worked yesterday all day uh, I think we pity ourselves too much in that aspect that um, human body can take way more, way more uh, than we actually give it credit for. And um, if we actually tried to push our bodies, like if we, I don't know, worked one day, the next day we went to, into the gym, worked out, went to studies, um, to the university, sit through six hours of lectures, and then we went, prepared some food, uh, reread our notes, went to sleep, had only like, I don't know, six, seven hours of sleep, 
and did everything besides work uh, again, I think our bodies would actually cooperate and do well. I think uh, long term, only after a couple of weeks, uh, we would experience some crash syndrome uh, effects, like uh, symptoms. Um, because of the cortisol and adrenaline building up in the system like bit by bit but at the same time you can release all of that uh, if you actually do mindful things and so in my opinion i think it's possible i think it's possible it's just that <laughs> whether you love yourself if you love yourself you won't ever do that like you can't you can't work full-time you can't uh, you can't study full-time at the same time and uh, you know go to gym go to the sports practice yeah if you love yourself no you can't if you hate yourself if you actually force yourself to suffer or you have great parents that force you to suffer and uh, then yeah then uh, it's possible and it's easy even because when you're doing something daily it gets easy it's just that how our mind perceives everything yeah we we don't we don't say that uh, drinking water is hard but at the same time it's the same as going to the work like it's still mechanical uh, work it's still like it's it's it gets easy easier and um, this is my opinion right now I think I love myself way too much because of the COVID and I think uh, that I couldn't do that even if I wanted to but if I hated myself easy easy <laughs> in my opinion uh, did you experience this the same way I did while studying while working or do you think that or do you think differently maybe i see it uh, in a in a little bit other way because uh, i suppose that that's only the question of time management because uh, uh, right now i can see that i'm doing not enough not enough for studies not enough uh, for for work even my hobbies i'm, I'm not spending enough time uh, for me to succeed there of course i see some uh, i see that i'm doing some impact i see that uh, see the improvement but still I'm not doing nearly nearly uh, as much as I could possibly do, not humanly possibly do, but uh, not as much as I could do as a normal person. And that's why, th that's for me personally, that's only the question of time management. And uh, I find that, uh, I suppose, that uh, that would be more than possible uh, for me personally to work like full time and to study full time. The only question is uh, on how I'm going to plan that and whether I will be organized and uh, as far as i know i won't be and that's the, the only problem for me personally that uh, i won't be organized enough and uh, that's why my time management will suffer uh, talking by the way about time management is it a problem for you or is it uh, something like very very obvious thing that that exists and uh, which you have implemented into your life for a very long time ago If, um, I mean, time management certainly is a great practice 
to to practice uh, daily to actually build a ritual upon and uh, I um, did manage uh, as much as I could uh, before COVID and after COVID since everything is uh, online since uh, a lot of days maybe like six out of seven of the weekdays I can stay at home um, I don't really see the point and that's a problem for me personally I know that uh, I should uh, just work with covid and uh, understand that it's 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 how it is and so but i don't know when i see your videos i get an inspiration to continue time managing but at the same time i cannot break that covid barrier like this covid it's still in my mind it's still mind-boggling that <laughs> that's um we cannot come back and do everything like it used to be like we like <laughs> i don't know like before going to a cafe to you know study to work to do anything to going to a library to study to work um it was easy like uh, you just took uh, your purse and you went uh, to Costa and sat there, bought some coffee and uh, that's it. Life is happy, life is dandy. You can just do whatever you want because you're motivated. You're sitting somewhere outside of your house and everything is cool. The same went for library. You just went to library you didn't have to use a mask you could um, just walk around you could easily get to there without thinking about masks and stuff but now because of this mask problem because of uh, everything is everything is restricted you have to show your id it's just it adds these barriers they're they're so small they're so tiny but your mind cannot get over them. I don't, my mind can't over them. And uh, yes, yeah, so time management for me is a lot and I suffer from not being able actually to implement it, to do it. And I think it's because of COVID. Because before that, it was easily easy and enjoyable. But now it's hard. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is the point I would love to ask you how do you do your beautiful beautifully looking your organized uh plans your systems how did you do that and um what motivates you which is most important for me to do them like i would love to implement some of them into my regime so how do you do them so it depends, of course, on the on what I'm doing and uh, uh, on on what type of uh, beautiful organized uh, schedule you are talking about. But the question here is uh, whether you are really interested in that, uh, because uh, I find the enjoyment in the process. Because uh, if I'm doing something, I would like uh, to enjoy uh, what I'm doing, uh, whether it's uh, planning or. Uh, or that's uh, something as uh, like 
like studying, uh, working, I would like to enjoy that because otherwise that would be a very painful f uh, for me mentally and I prefer not to do that. And so that's why that that's essentially how I do that. I find uh, I, I try to find some some enjoyment in what I'm doing. And for me personally, it's much easier to enjoy what what I do if I am planning ahead. And uh, planning ahead has already shown for me personally that uh, if I'm planning ahead, I show better results. If I'm planning ahead, I enjoy the process much more because I know what what's already planned. And that's, um, that's essentially how it's done. It doesn't depend whether you use uh, my strategy or someone else's strategy. Uh, the only question is whether you feel comfortable with uh, your schedule or if you are ready to, to invest some time into, into, into you enjoying the process afterwards. That's essentially how it is for me because uh, I, I have uh, gone through the way of trial and error and that's uh, what's worked. Uh, do you think some otherwise or uh, does it sound like legit for you all or is it sounds like uh, something from the other world obviously it's a great advice like you have to do what you enjoy yes mm. i don't know maybe i was speaking more about uh, finding finding and understanding what really um, what is there what is there to look forward to when you're doing like why do you enjoy it like you're se telling me that uh, you just do that because you enjoy it but uh, how did you found out that you enjoy it like you have to go through really scrutinizing and uh, really thinking a lot and like it's it's hard to think about something new like you and how did you get over that to find out you actually like it because i don't know i don't think that you like anything after a couple of hours of use like it gets boring uh and if it does not get boring then yes sure you can uh, continue doing that but i think that everything at some point gets boring and you just forget about it and how did you what why what did motivate you to keep on going to keep on uh trying to plan ahead to keep on trying to make a system that looks organized and is organized like to track all of this that you're tracking your wish list your uh the habit tracker you're going to the gym to the university and stuff well like what motivated you i have noticed such interesting thing that uh, i suppose you have noticed that as well that if you're playing something like rpgs on your computer uh, uh, or some mmos rpgs as well it's much easier there to do the thing that you feel like it needs to be done so if you if you understand that you need to find uh, somewhere like these 100 uh, of gold coins you will find these 100 of gold coins and you will be fully concentrated um, on that mission and the same i suppose that can be uh, I, I suppose that it can be also applied into the real life and that's why i'm making this to-do list i'm making this schedule because i first of all i enjoy doing that and and the second thing i enjoy that something is already done because uh, because obviously i uh, 
I tried to, to understand this uh, as uh, some type of RPG <laughs> and, and because of that it makes uh, all of this process much easier because you are trying to do something and you and if you consider it uh, not as something mandatory but as something voluntarily it becomes uh, obviously at, at once much easier and that's how it works you know um what my most disliked thing about rpgs is what is? uh it's grinding uh you know <laughs> what is grinding what yes. grinding is yes uh, for those who don't know, uh, grinding is basically when you are forced to do certain tasks or find certain objects over and over again for hundreds. Uh, some RPGs go even beyond that and thousands of times, uh, like literally. Like you have to kill certain monster for thousands of times. So you have to go to a certain dungeon thousands of times uh, before you can get some upgrade. And this is my most disliked thing about RPGs because, okay, I understand doing some dungeon for 10, 20, 30 times. Like, um, it's, it's understandable. Yes, the development staff spend some time on that. And if you rush through it for in like 20, 30 minutes and they've spent like weeks, months uh, to develop that, it's, yeah, I, I understand you want uh, for people to actually reuse some content you did. But I think it's so lazy that they are forcing you to, and this is my most um, disliked thing, to do certain dungeons for legit, uh, even sometimes more than thousands of times, to get, uh, <laughs> like, not even a full upgrade, just a part of an upgrade because you just get some leggings or some breastplate or some helmets <clears throat> yes uh, just a part of the set of uh, clothing and you have to do it another thousand of times to get another part of it and then another and then another and there, there's still after after you get all of that uh you just level up let's say that and you can now your you can now do another dungeon for another thousand of times to get another just one piece of uh, I don't know ten, ten apart set of clothing uh, to become even stronger and do it again. And uh, I don't like it. I never liked it <laughs> because uh, you do it ten times. It's already like okay. I feel proficient. I feel like I'm professional when you do it hundreds of times. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so butthurting. Uh, so yeah, and uh, doing lists like that, like uh, doing uh, like my daily tracker, uh, habit tracker uh, every day or even every week feels like that to me sometimes. Like you just do the same thing over and over again to get the same result to maybe improve like a couple of percent maybe to do to be allowed uh to have more time like a minute two or three more in a day let's say and to actually just do more planning like is this is this how it is for you because for me it certainly feels like that i just have to put in the same uh 
numbers put in the same words over and over again to get the same result to maybe improve maybe not i personally find that uh, uh that very comforting very comforting because uh, i'm doing something i know what uh, what i was doing before but i know what what's uh, what's need to be done and because of that uh, i can do it a little bit better i can improve myself into doing this thing i can do it faster i can do it uh, uh, i i can i can perform better i can perform better uh, i can show better results uh, and that's how it is for me because of course going to the gym every single day that's uh, that's the same that's the same log into your to-do list but uh, the thing is that uh, you you can show uh, great results every single time and the, you can even track that and, and that's actually the thing what uh, why i'm uh, keeping the habit tracker because i can track my results and because i can track um, uh, how far i have proceeded uh, into doing something for example uh, right now i can i can already tell that uh, it's hard for me to read every single day something not uh, school related and uh, and that's how it is but going to the gym is much easier and that's uh, and that's how it is so i know where uh, what which type uh, of uh, my life uh, which part of my life i can improve more and so by improving that i can improve quality of my life so that that's how it works and uh, so you, you try to change something you try uh, you don't try to i will now uh, <laughs> say the words from the far cry 3 uh, so you are not trying to uh, to do the same thing again and again hoping for another result you like and so in order to hope for another result you need to do some another thing and so, uh, so that's why I try to improve myself into, into every single sphere where I'm working, because otherwise that would be pretty much useless. Th that's it. <laughs> that's uh, the key of uh, of my time management of the schedule and to do it. <laughs> Nothing so special. So you you are saying that I should uh, come with a different approach of uh, understanding that I'm doing this not uh, to get better to do something else. No, I'm I'm literally like I should plan only those things that I want to improve at, Pretty not to be it. hoping. Yeah. And so this is why you track uh, not just your results but your uh, expected uh, times to go to the gym because you don't really want to uh, get better at gym necessarily like it's it's a different folder like no you're tracking when you're going to the gym just to get better at going to the gym yeah exactly right? that's how it is because like, um, i have uh, i have some goal and by having some goal so I, I need to complete that and so i need to keep track on how well i'm succeeding in that because uh, that's the problem that uh, you can write uh, into your to-do list to become number one medical student in Latvia, but if you don't know how to get there, it's pretty much useless. So, uh, so you can write like uh, become the prime minister of United Kingdom, but but you still live in Latvia. Like uh, if you don't have, if you don't see the path, it's useless. So that's why I'm writing and I'm keeping track on how well I'm succeeding into going, for example, to the gym. 
and that's why also how it is uh, how I am uh, showing a little bit better results uh, with studying because uh, I keep myself uh, first of all motivated of course because uh, sometimes when I don't feel motivated at all I launch a uh, Twitch stream so that uh, I really have to study during this time and also I keep track on, on how well I'm uh, so how, how well I'm studying which type of results I'm showing uh, whether these results are improving whether I am happy with what I see uh, with this uh, using this tracking and this system actually actually works you, you only choose which part of your of your life you'd like to improve nothing nothing very nothing so so magical here at least uh, at least that's how I see it. Yeah, I don't know. Either it's a dialogue with you or something else uh, clicked in my mind. But yeah, now I feel like I can I can do that. Yeah, I feel motivated. <laughs> I am a little bit of motivational speaker myself. Yeah. <laughs> I see that you have a planned uh, another topic uh, talking about investing. Yeah, last topic for, for today, that's investing and uh, the question for you, are you investing right now somehow uh, in a classical way? Uh, I invest in future. I invest in myself. Uh, this is uh, what everyone should be able to tell uh, right off the get-go, uh, because if you're not investing in yourself, then what are you even doing with your life? But um, no. I'm not uh, investing in uh, anything, really. And um, why not? Yeah, now, now, now I'm forced to explain myself. Why am I not doing that? Oh my god! No, 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 no. Because I, uh, once again, everyone does that, but we don't have the finances as students to do that yet. And this is why this topic is interesting because because we uh, you're telling that the only difference between you and people who are investing are that they're having more money yeah. obviously like uh, yes <laughs> uh, yes you can al always invest with even a couple of euros but then again it's just uh, basically you are moving a couple of euros from your bank account to another bank account like this is basically then what you're doing if you're investing with a couple of euros because uh the sum of your investment is going to change by one percent and maybe and uh, like one uh, percent from two euros is two cents so it's not i think uh, transaction worth more so you, you spend more money than your but yeah obviously you can invest with any money but uh, yeah if you don't have at least uh, uh like a big enough sum to make any impact on your life then there's no point and uh, once again if we're not talking about uh, competitive investing like when you're trying to play on the market like which is um like like it used to be uh really cool and hip to invest i don't know what about now i don't hear about it as often as i used to but uh, a couple of years ago it used to be really cool to invest i don't know about now but 
yeah if you don't play on the market then uh, there's other types of investment it's um waiting for uh, dividends from your investments and uh basically this type of investing is only for rich people it's only for those who have a lot of money who can invest it in some company and expect for it, this company to get richer and uh, pay some dividends back to the investor and uh, obviously we don't have enough money to make any impact even on the small business but maybe theoretically we will have enough money to play on the market why, and... why wouldn't you like to try something like that just for the experience like not for the money itself but for the experience of uh, playing on the market on investing somewhere like uh, like the feeling that these 20 euros which are on your investing bank account they're like working for you and you're like doing something like simply for the experience not for the result itself you see as with anything in life uh, if you're not approaching it to actually get some uh, critical critical and I mean objective that word uh, some objective results if you're not approaching it or with the said intention then you're not going to learn anything like it's 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 a trash experience basically uh for example if you're going to spa uh even uh and you are just enjoying spa you're not going to learn uh, how to do a massage but if you're going to the spa to see uh how it is um functioning what is um going on there who is doing what and how the masseuse is actually approaching your massage uh, then yes you're going to learn a couple of things uh, obviously not <laughs> close enough to understanding how to do a massage how to run a spa but at least you will have some experience in that and it's not a trash experience yeah you will ask more questions you will pay more attention and stuff and uh, the same goes for this investing I see and I saw a lot of people of uh, my age that were investing and um, <laughs> like if they like they upload uh, they try to invest with hundreds 200 euros they do get some uh, some euros back they do get uh, some profits but at the same time they just lose it and that's it and that's it like it's it's literally if you have fun have fun at doing that sure yes it's the same with the casino if you're not coming for the win and you just enjoy uh just enjoy gambling like and you're ready to spend these 100 200 euros sure do it but if you're coming uh, expecting to win and maybe uh get a car because you won a blackjack uh, in blackjack then no don't do that ever because uh, the odds are not in your favor like yeah and the same goes for the market if you're not approaching it with um, like if you're not approaching it with the idea that i will spend 20 euros but i will get the experience and then 
uh, with my new knowledge that I've acquired and uh, some books and maybe courses that I did, I will apply that to forming a more successful strategy and stuff. Uh, then yes, sure, that's great if you do that. But if you don't, then don't do that because it's useless. It's not experience. It's trash experience. It's uh, the same as uh, we're going to the medical school. If you're not approaching it with learning certain skills and if you're just sitting and waiting for the skills to appear in your head, no, <laughs> they will never appear then. Don't start it. Like you need to want to do that and uh this is why i'm not investing it because yes i will get the experience but will i understand what i did no and uh yeah so this is why i uh, tried first and foremost to read about it uh but i understood that the sphinx the sphere is really broad and i need some help but to hire some help you need money and uh, to do that, you need uh, to have some spare money to first hire some help, then to in invest some money, actually. And so I I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my financial status to improve, to get some spare cash. And then, then, then I should approach it with more thought. But I don't know. Uh, I would love for you to argue with me on this topic like especially because i saw you inviting me to revolut oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm just inviting because uh, they're like giving 40 euros for for inviting another person but uh, but the thing here is um, that uh, i can only agree because uh, uh, i have tried investing myself of course it was uh, something like like 10 to 10 10 15 dollars or something like that uh, it was for a very for a very long time ago. I have uh, I have texted you about that that uh, that I have uh, a couple of uh, of Apple stocks, uh, couple zero point thirteen or zero point zero thirteen Apple stocks on my account. I have Wait, uh, how did you acquire Apple stocks? They're, they're not trading as CFDs, from what I understand. Uh, like they're not contract for difference they are only like real stocks how did you acquire them i don't remember but honestly <laughs> okay. it was so very long ago that they just opened okay. my, my revolut uh, account because uh, they have written that uh, my credit card is expiring very soon and they and they have seen that i have uh, something like 0 0.013 like stocks and, and i was like okay Okay, I was trying to invest. I don't remember even the, the price which I have paid for that. Okay. So it's just that, yeah, Apple stocks, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, they are not traded as CFDs, only as the real thing. Like, and the same goes for Alphabet, for Tesla and stuff. Like, I would love to play with these because uh, they're predefined. They always grow. They cannot go... Lower, but yeah, if you don't have cash, you cannot play on them. I don't know. But, but okay, okay, maybe, 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 uh, maybe I'm mistaken. Probably I'm mistaken. So maybe yeah. I'm mistaken with uh, with that that it stocks. But uh, but the whole idea is that I tried uh, investing and I understood that I understand nothing. So that's the main idea that. Uh, 
that uh, on top of that we both need to start to uh, to start investing but before that we need to understand what the hell is going on and, and how the stock market actually works and how what is the difference between uh, between all of it because otherwise that's uh, that would be a simple waste of money uh yes and this is i think actually we should i think we should start with maybe asking our colleagues on economic uh side because they should know the investment courses at least in europe at least online maybe on coursera we should actually i think we should actually try to motivate each other on this thing i think uh just by watching a couple of uh, video courses it, it should be way better than doing nothing right yeah i know that there exists uh like a coursera and uh yeah you talk yeah i'm not talking okay so uh but uh, but i suppose that yes we should find something even if that if that will be some type of uh, free youtube course uh, as, as the one uh, as I have found uh, on the Python language, and uh, I was quite interested in that. Uh, and, and it, uh, yes, I, I found. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not not that. I'm looking like I know there is official um, website that is um, that is similar maybe to Coursera. It's just that it's more dedicated to actually. Uh, doing something productive. The Coursera is also, I think, um, uh, in part uh, an entertainment so website. Oh my god, I've saved it. Where is it? Um, I gotta find it. Anyway, we'll find it yeah. uh, after the recording, but the whole idea that we should start doing doing something because, uh, as I have understood, we both are interested both in business and uh, in investing into the stock market or something like that. So, yeah. And on this positive note, I would like to end this episode. Thank you for being here with me and see you. Thank you. Bye-bye.